Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And uh, as we are recording this, the Golden Globes have just happened. Ben Affleck's just won Best Director for Argo, which, uh, Lloyd, you've seen, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I recommended that on one of our uh, last podcasts. Yet we're here to discuss a film that 10 years ago, Ben Affleck and J-Lo, I guess, swept the Razzie Awards. It's awards season in Hollywood. This one, Geely, became the first film in history and the history of the Razzie Awards to sweep all the top five categories. <laughs> that includes worst picture, worst director, worst actor, actress, and worst screenplay. Wow. Joins the yes. likes of uh, Catwoman. That's the only movie I can remember winning a Razzie. <laughs> yeah. Well, Halle Berry, Berry collected hers, didn't she? Yeah. So it's funny because she won the Oscar as well that year. Oh, no. And I think she had the Oscar in one hand and the Razzie in oh. the other. It's quite an <laughs> iconic photo. That, I don't know if that's a good sportsmanship or if she's trying to be, you know, defensive. Well, I think if she accepted it, she had a sense of humor. Yeah. So, you know, I guess she was happy enough to accept that she does good and bad work. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it all evens out in the end. Um, this has 2.4 out of 10, Geely, uh, on IMDb, which is, like, uh, an incredibly low score. And I think we're going to discuss this film in some detail and what could have happened and should have happened and how it really went as bad as it did. But I should first of all mention that if you haven't seen the film, uh, you should head off and see it before listening to the rest of this podcast. It is 10 years old now, 2003. Yep. But we will be in, uh, saying spoilers and and so forth. So just a bit of a warning before we go any further. So Lloyd, you watched the film? Yeah, uh, I watched it during the height, uh, well, the moment it came out on DVD, because I think it was only out in the cinema for like a week in America, and it did so bad they just threw it out to as a straight-to-DVD film um, everywhere else, I think. Um, I saw this during the yeah. height of the relationship between Ben Affleck and uh, Jennifer Lopez, um, and it would be probably equivalent to uh, when uh, Brad Pitt was dating, um, what's her name, the most beautiful woman on the planet, voted several times. His current Are we wife talking now, about Angelina uh, Jolie? Current... I don't know if they got married yet. Oh, well, I, I well they're probably yeah. still the most popular couple on the planet. Definitely during that time, it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Like, they were everywhere, and they were dubbed by the media as Benefer. Um, I'm pretty yes. sure they've carried on that tradition for a lot of other couples <laughs> that have gone Yeah, on. well, I mean, most recently, Kim and Kanye. What are they, Kimye? Oh, god, Kim Kardashian? Yeah. yeah. yeah and th- they've got baby Kimye on the way, so... Well, yeah, they would definitely be up there as one of the most popular couples in the world um, at the moment. Uh, celebrity couples, anyway. <laughs> are we talking about Benefer? Uh, I'm talking about... Um, sorry, the, the couple that you just mentioned, <laughs> uh Kanye West, Kanye West and, uh, and Kim, Kim Kardashian. Kardashian. Well, they're definitely in the media the most. Yeah. But um, at the time, yeah, they had a similar... Ben Affleck and J-Lo had a very similar kind of stardom, benefit. Yeah, you know? they were huge. They were, like, everywhere. It's like, the best-looking couple and everything like that. And it was only um, a matter of time before they both started a movie together. And uh, it was such a terrible movie. <laughs> 
It was, wasn't it? Now, I mean, you're a J-Lo fan, though, aren't yes, you? Yes, uh, I thought Jennifer Lopez had a great... Oh, other than being very attractive. <laughs> um, I thought she had a great uh, beginning. Like, she started out small in movies like uh, Money Train and so forth, but then she came on and did amazing cult movies. Uh, the... The first one I can think of is U-Turn, then she went on to make The Cell, and then Out of Sight with uh, George Clooney, and they were excellent. I thought, wow, who is this um, actress, beautiful actress, who's been in all these awesome movies? And then once she started getting really popular, like we're talking worldwide success with her music, with her, I think she's even released a a perfume um, range and a clothing range and so forth. I'm sure she has. Yeah. I'm sure she has. She's become like this titan, this absolute empire. She just came out with Made in Manhattan and sort of more romantic family feel-good movies. And I think that's where she wanted to be in the first place. Um, she, and, of course, you've seen every one of them, haven't you? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey. I've seen that one. We, uh, that had Jane Fonda as well. No, oh, no, that was Mother-in-Law. Uh, that was Monster-in-Law, Monster-in-Law, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes, it's many rom-coms, though. <laughs> but not really as many serious roles, dramas. I mean, The Out of Sight was I think that's serious, the best movie, um, Out of Sight. Uh, and U-Turn, she was very good in as well. And she yeah, had huge troubles with uh, uh, Oliver Stone on that one. Okay, Oliver Stone directed? Yes, Oliver Stone directed. It was a very dark noir piece, but she had to um, be nude in a sex scene. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was with Nick Nolte. It might have been with... Um, what's the guy who started Milk? I can't believe we're getting blanks on... on Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Um, either one of those two actors. It's a complicated scene because there's a lot of flashbacks in it. Um, and she mm-hmm. had heaps of problems with that. She just did not want to appear nude or anything like that. But Oliver Stone being such a you know, world-class, heavy, sort of art house director. I don't want to say very that. Very persuasive. Yes, very, very aggressive and really got it to do that. But she was in a great... Um, at the beginning of her career, she was in a, a lot of great movies, really, really cool-looking Latino, tough girl sort of actress, um, which is what I liked. And Gigli, or Gilly, <laughs> was sort Gilly, of like yeah. a, they, a... Well, I mean, it's, it's a dumb... It's a dumb title. Let's start by saying that. <laughs> it's the guy's it's the guy's name. Um Ben Affleck's playing Larry Geely, which sounds like really which it wasn't really a running joke. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was just announced that one time. It really didn't need to be the name of the movie. Yes. Absolutely. This is during a time mm. when Ben Affleck was coming out with Daredevil, uh, Pearl Harbor. He was really renowned for teaming up with uh, Matt Damon and uh, Kevin Smith, I think. Or he might have even been popular outside of that anyway (laughs) during the start of his career. But I think his most critically successful piece at that time was co-writing Goodwill Hunting and, of course, co-starring. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Critically, that was the the most well-received. But here, I mean, there's so many problems with this film. I figure let's jump right into it. Sure, yeah. the, I think one of the real killers of this film is the chemistry between the two leads. Yeah. You, like, they're dating in real life, mm. but he doesn't come across, you know? It's sort of... I mean, I know she's playing a lesbian. Yep. Let's say that straight away. But it feels like... It feels like they're both in completely different, you know, 
uh, mindsets. I don't know. There's just I think they no were very overlap. uncomfortable with just the writing. Maybe I don't know. Like it just seemed like the language didn't need to go that far. There's a, a whole monologue where Ben Affleck's constantly swearing, and it just had bad mm. taste. It just didn't feel right. I don't know. Maybe it was his delivery, delivery, but I, I p- mainly blamed the writing in this film. Yes, there is a very poor script here at work, and it's written by the director Martin Brest, who I don't know if you've seen his other films. He did uh, Scent of a Woman. He's done um, Meet Joe Black. Oh right, among other things. No, yeah, yeah he's I done, have seen those films actually. Yeah, yeah, he's done more successful films than this, but here, I mean, he's he's an older gentleman now in this point. And this is the last film, I'll say that first of all, this is the last film he's done in Hollywood, Geely. Um, this might be the last one he ever does. You know, <laughs> it might be the one that ends his career. But the casual swearing, um, 124 uses of the F Yeah, I, I didn't understand. It would have been so much better if they made it nicer. Like, can, think about thinking about the audience who would want to see this, like arguably the best-looking couple at that time. I'm just thinking, like, not maybe not families, but you know more of those people that like those glamour magazines and people magazines and all that would want to pay and go see this and having that kind of language isn't right for that audience like it's just too full-on and that he tries to be gangster he tries to be comical he tries to cater you know just too many things at once and just poorly all handled i can't really blame the two stars in this at all well i can blame them for signing on but i got to imagine (laughs) I got to imagine that when they signed on, it was a different movie, because from what I understand, this film was taken and re-edited because of the interest in the couple. So it became really just a film about them. Oh right! And I imagine subplots must have been dropped. I mean, there there are shots in the trailer that aren't in the film, um, probably from sequences that have been cut down or uh, subplots that have been dropped, and so this must have tested with audiences and then been changed you know people wanted more affleck and more j-lo did the same thing happen with the kevin smith film uh Uh, jersey girl was it they were both in jersey girl um but some quick spoilers for jersey girl guys so uh, fast forward a minute or so if you haven't seen jersey girl um ben affleck's character is uh, having a baby with j-lo's character and she dies in childbirth and so there's a whole beginning of the scene of the film that kevin smith edited down to be much shorter because everybody hated this film so much oh right i thought it was the other way around like the studio wanted more of um jennifer lopez and ben affleck no no they um they had heaps more and because this film bombed they cut it all really short at the beginning right and um then they you know went on with ben affleck being a single father and stuff i suppose that's it's not really a big spoiler because, I mean, that's the whole plot of yeah. Jersey Girl. I, I, I actually like Jersey father, Girl. A lot of people had issues with it, but I went, no, it's a, it's a good story. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the worst thing ever, no. but um, Kevin Smith constantly refers to it as one of the worst things he's done. He's always <laughs> making, really? He, Compared to... He makes it the punchline of a lot of jokes. So. Oh, okay. I thought uh, uh, Bad Cop or Sonic He Did, um, cop, <laughs> cop Out, out. <laughs> Cop Out. Yeah, I thought that was his worst yeah, well, one. They both get a pretty bad rap. Yeah, all right. Um, well, Affleck in Geely, he's playing a tough guy, right? Mm. But he looks really pretty. Yeah, he's like, too much of a pretty boy. He, he is, and he's supposed to be a vicious mad dog, according to like his buddy at the beginning. Mm. As, as well, the buddy at the beginning, 
Um, I don't know what I recognize him from. He's a very recognizable kind of mafia gangster looking type of guy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why Affleck's working for him. <laughs> you know, like Affleck seems like the more alpha male yeah. of the two of them. And I don't understand, you know, why no. if Affleck's so awesome and a vicious mad dog and stuff. Yeah. If he's such a great gangster, like he says in his speech, his terrible speech about what a great gangster he is, yeah. you know. I don't know why he's taking orders from this nobody. Hey, listen, really. little man. <laughs> I mean, I took huge offense to the plot, you know, and the, the way it was executed. The whole premise of this film is flawed. Yeah, it like kind know. of went for a Rain Man, I yes. don't know, babysitting type film. Yeah, but I mean, he has to kidnap a mentally handicapped guy and he goes in and to take him and he doesn't need any paperwork he just checks him out of this like facility mm. you know to see the Baywatch he just goes with this perfect stranger you know and uh, he doesn't need to check him out there's no worries like he just they point him out he's like he's over there go get him and that's fine yep. you know um, and also he's like the brother of the congressman or whatever the, the stupid plot is yeah. <laughs> and so like wouldn't wouldn't he have even more security wouldn't you know people give a crap when he goes missing you know mm. i don't know and then it's offensive in the car when he's conning brian the mentally handicapped guy played by justin bartha mm. who's one of the guys from the hangover um but it's offensive when he's like conning them and talking to his torch you know yeah because there are there are other scenes where he has a mobile phone and uses a mobile phone couldn't he just pretend his mobile phone rang <laughs> like why is he using his torch it's yeah just dumb. Okay. <laughs> Larry Geely and Ricky, which is not her real name, yeah. by the way. <laughs> uh, she comes to use the phone. The stakes are too high for this job, so they need two people on this. Yeah, so two ultimate... I don't want to say hitmen, but all-round um, well, uh, minions what are their job? of the gangsters, I guess. Their top minions what are their, get together. Yeah, what, what are their special skills? Like, what is Affleck good at what is she good at could you tell no I mean is she an assassin is she you know a babysitter is she anything like is she a grifter we don't know anything about them <laughs> yeah and and by the end we don't know anything yeah. about them you know they're underdeveloped yeah and she her saying the stakes are too high for this job or they need two people on this because this thing is monumental you know so flawed because if he sucks mm. and he's so terrible at this which by the way all he's had to do so far is kidnap the guy and he's done that so he's batting at 100% yeah right? so he, he just has to keep him in the safe house until whatever the, they get the phone call first of all it's not even a safe house it's his apartment yeah. I mean it's it's not safe people keep knocking on the door and just coming in Christopher Walken's a cop we'll get to him in a minute yeah. you know but like it's not safe there. They should go to a hotel. They should go to a safe house. Mm. They both seem so stupid at being tough guys and girls. Anyway, the the thing is, why not just pay Ricky to do this job and not him, not Jiggly? Uh, well, I thought the whole point, Jiggly was, uh, I suppose, that whole speech about being such a tough guy. Yeah. <laughs> if he's supposed to be so tough, though, trust him with the job. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he's not doing a good job, just get Ricky to do it. Yeah. You don't need two people to do this job. Also, you I mean, if you think about it, from the point of view of that gangster guy, right, who's hired them, 
why is he paying two people to do one job you know what i mean yeah like it's it's so stupid i guess they're gonna so get flawed. a lot of money from this <laughs> yeah if they're not gonna though i mean they're kidnapping the district attorney or whatever's brother okay or the congressman's brother yep. so that the guy drops the charges that's it against al pacino's character so they're not getting any money it's just threatening yeah they're just like they don't want al pacino to go to jail or his character i don't remember his character's name uh so what they're going to do is kidnap Starkman this- or something Stark. yeah something yeah, yeah, like something that something like that yeah um but this is just such a stupid plan yeah and every character sort of explains everything to every other character in this film until we get to al pacino later and al pacino says what a stupid plan it is (laughs) you know he's like i didn't need your help this was stupid so it therefore negates everything we've seen you know yeah crushing the whole film yeah and i mean this for two tough guy gangster assassins whatever the hell they are zero action in this in this film yep for like it was almost like a stage play yeah wasn't it i mean the big action scene 20 minutes in is like larry geely shoving brian the mentally mentally handicapped guy you know yep and calling the brain damaged guy stupid all the time makes affleck's character so unlikable yeah that's right like it's so offensive he says things like what are you stupid or something Mm. he has mental capacity issues like yes he he's not as smart you know what i mean (laughs) but he's just it yeah it makes affleck seem stupid for not realizing it and he's wearing all these charlie sheen two and a half men shirts Mm. as well which are really annoying and the stupid leather jacket i just every minute i wanted this to be over it was two hours long though yeah it was so that's one of the biggest things about it as well it was so long and so bad yes and and that was the endurance test because if this was 90 minutes of bad you'd be like oh that kind of sucked what are the the most memorable things about this movie other than having ben affleck and jennifer lopez was you know that you just mentioned uh christopher walken and al pacino like i I asked people do you remember that movie jiggly and they're like oh is that that horrible ben affleck jennifer lopez one yeah it wasn't christopher walken in it wasn't al pacino in it it's like they cast them just to get you know some level of credibility um, of validity in this gangster and i'm saying that with my fingers up um <laughs> quotations, uh, air quote, quotations gangster film you know it's just so strange mm. well yeah it really is and the thing is the director martin breast did scent of a woman which al pacino was in yeah so i'm guessing i think he won the a, academy I, award for that as well yeah and he did and this was kind of a a payback cameo kind of you know he made a personal call oh sure i can come in for one day (laughs) oh good al you got a safety man (laughs) they're casting this and he just hangs up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'll bet he got a nice paycheck anyway um uh, i want to talk about like the um the guest appearances by people you know the cameos because when you write a script and this is very basic hollywood 101 even um, it's stuff from Robert McKee's story, and it's it's the, the basis of good screenwriting. Um, when you set set up something, things need to be paid off. Mm. I mean, if you set up Christopher Walken's character, 30 minutes into the film, right? Yep. Christopher Walken 
is behind door number one. And he comes in and it seems like he's there to introduce new elements. He's a federal prosecutor. Oh no, he's like a cop or something, isn't he? Yep. That's right. I don't know. He's some kind of some kind of cop. And he uh, has a big monologue, which includes a stupid uh, line about well, he's a eating detective, ice cream I guess, his so, brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that line where he says, you know, you put ice cream on your head and your tongue would eat through your brain <laughs> yeah. to get at it or yeah. something? That was weird. Just, just It worked only because it was Christopher Walken saying it. Yeah, it sounded kooky. I'm not going to pretend to do a Christopher Walken here. but um, So he's behind door number one. He comes in. He sets it up. He's basically setting up that Affleck has a relationship with him, that they're looking for this federal prosecutor's little brother, and, you know, leaves. Never to be seen again. Yep. So there's the setup. No, no payoff. Yep. No payoff. Which is so weird. It, well, they um, cast him just to add some class to the movie, I guess. Oh, that's right. Christopher Walken was in it, you know. <laughs> Christopher Walken, I mind you, has been a lot of B-movies. Yeah, sure. For, absolutely. Definitely. Um, but I think that this was the setup to something that would have been paid off if the whole film was there, if it wasn't cut down. Have they ever released a... Deli- uh, well, I don't want to say director's so, no. cut, but anything with deleted I- scenes, like on the DVD or anything like that? Well, there, there weren't any on the one I rented. Um, it had a trailer, which is why I saw many scenes from the trailer wow. that weren't in the actual film. That's really interesting. But, but you got to think, if some of the Affleck and J-Lo scenes were cut, there would have been room for a two-hour, ten-minute movie with, you know, Christopher Walken reappearing and, um, you know, as well as an introduction to maybe Al Pacino. Yeah. That, maybe then pays off his ending scene mm. i don't know and um i'll get to it there's there's four big behind door number one two three and four throughout this film and none of them are paid off it's so still so stupid anyway which makes the screenplay even worse um yeah. i want to talk about the reading tabasco sauce bit which was supposed to be the funniest thing in the film because it's like the last joke in the trailer as well all right you know how that when they show a trailer, often they'll make the last thing the funniest so that you leave laughing yeah. thinking about how good that was? That's the last joke in the trailer. That reading Tabasco sauce oh, ingredients yep. bit. Now, the thing is, everybody says, you don't have a book? Oh, you don't have a book? Why don't you read him something? You don't have any books in here, right? Yeah. JLo's reading books in several scenes. Maybe she brought them. <laughs> yeah, but but she's there at that point. Couldn't she have lent her book to Ben Affleck to read? Yeah. At this point, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. That they do have a book in the house. Just she's not up for sharing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, you're not interested in these books. These are about meditation. What what was she into? Um, meditation. They're all peace and, and stuff. Yoga yeah, and, and she's Kai like almost Mai. like a hippie sort of girl. Kai Toi Mai, the rip that takes the past. <laughs> that's what she's reading about. Right. You're a big Taxi Driver fan, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, that's one. Of, that's probably my favorite movie of all time. Oh, then you definitely would have enjoyed Affleck in the mirror doing his. You're the cow. I'm the bull. <laughs> oh, I don't think that was in um, Taxi Driver, was it? You know, well, De Niro in Taxi Driver doing the "You're talking to me." Oh yes, yeah, yeah. And he's doing the other well, cow. The, yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. To, to compare that with Affleck, it's it's he's no De Niro. Yeah, he's no he? De Niro. No. <laughs> he seemed like he was going to laugh a bunch of times when he was doing that. Mm. 
that, that they just went, yeah, Affleck, um, say this stuff. And he was like, really? <laughs> yeah, it would have been great right. to see a Gee. blooper reel on that. <laughs> <laughs> there probably would be one, yeah. yeah. And then he wears his satin robe into the bed 30 minutes into the film and finds out she's a lesbian. Mm. So, full stop. That should be the whole thing done then. It's no longer a rom-com, is no. it? If the two characters can't get together. But then there's this sort of offensive notion that I'm sure I don't find offensive not being a lesbian, but <laughs> I think you would find it offensive if you were a lesbian and they said, maybe you're just not with the right man. Yeah. You know? If you're a lesbian, you're a lesbian. She's saying she is a lesbian, not bisexual. Mm. You know, she's saying, full stop, I'm a lesbian. Therefore, she's not attracted to a man. Right? Yeah. So, therefore, the point of her sleeping with him, which eventually does happen, which is awful in the film, <laughs> and has has that terrible line, gobble, gobble. <laughs> yeah. It's turkey time, gobble, gobble. That might be the worst line uh, ever yeah, in uh, the history of cinema. Absolutely. Just kills everything. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's horrible romance as well. Mm. Anyway... The, the, the fact that she could then sleep with him, being a lesbian, and change her ways sort of mm. thing, you know, just because she's found the right guy, I, I imagine that would be very offensive, don't you? Yes, absolutely. Mm. It seems like as well this film has a couple other problems. One of them is I think it might be badly edited, you know? Um, my DVD, dri- DVD drive on my computer skipped over a damaged area at one right. point, and I missed about... 30 seconds, 45 seconds of the film. Yep. But nothing happened. See, <laughs> I missed out like on nothing. <laughs> it was almost exactly the same dialogue. You know? Yeah. Um, and the other thing I think is wrong with this film is music. Because I kept noticing the music. And when I watch a film, I usually don't notice the music. Yeah. I, I notice a dramatic score, sweeping score telling me how to feel and stuff like that. But I don't usually go wow this song is really wrong or intrusive you know whereas i felt that here oh what parts oh look throughout the entire (laughs) film the whole film okay i I kept thinking oh what's this song you know and like it was intrusive to what was going on it seemed like it was all poorly thought through Mm. i don't know Look, I don't know, there's, there's, there's problems with this film, aren't there? I mean, the Kaitoi Ma speech, yeah. where the rip that takes the past, there's a lot of monologues in this yeah. film, you know? And maybe that's what J-Lo thought, is that she gets to do some cool monologues, you know? Well, either that, it felt like a lot of the budget probably just went to the two stars, and they just didn't have did. money for anything else, so I guess they just hacked away all the action bits of the film and turned it more into, like, a stage play where we could where mm. they could just fit in like longer moments and monologues and you know oh if we can get this actor in to say these lines i don't know it just felt like that i'll jump to ahead i've got the budget written here lloyd okay. um imdb estimates it at 54 million which seems really high but anyway for what we saw on yeah. screen um but then there's another site that says uh it was linked from uh, the bottom of wikipedia and um it estimated it was 75.6 million. Yeah, I, I was assuming of, around... Uh, you remember how we talked about Jack and Jill and how that was yeah. made for like 75 million 
and that movie looked yes. like it was shot in a weekend and it's just started, yeah. um, uh, Adam Sandler and his whole entire SNL crew. Um, and I, I <laughs> Adam Sandler and a- Adam had, Sandler it, again. It just had that stench about it. Like, you know, it just had that, um, all the money, like this had a huge budget, but it went to its stars. Yes. Well, that's the line I've here. JLo was paid 12 million for her role. Ben Affleck was paid twelve and a half million for his role. Jeez. Both of their salaries combined are more than three times the film's overall worldwide gross wow. of seven point two million. Jeez. Which I mean, they got paid well for this. Yeah. You know, so it didn't matter to them how it went. <laughs> Obviously it kind of destroyed Affleck's career for a little while and the whole association with J Lo was just like yeah messy for him yeah um it's such a pity because they're both a very good looking couple and they've both been in pretty good movies uh, i i just keep thinking what they could have done right with this film like that i don't think that there was anything wrong with the casting like you had greats like walken and al pacino in it and so forth it's mainly the um script of it the whole thing like if you don't have a good script you've got no film and that's the certainly the case with this one and i i, I wanted to blame the director a lot but when you mentioned scent of a woman um and meet joe black he's actually pretty competent uh, maybe it was just too much star power and not enough depth or sonic that was they were just in trouble from the get-go but i don't know maybe well, just t- turn into more of a romantic comedy i guess i don't know but the whole situation is just uh, it's flawed awful yeah well the the thing is if you think about it like it's pulp fiction right yeah. imagine this film is pulp fiction where they're not exactly the central characters that's kind of how i imagine it being better where you have scenes with Al Pacino, right? Mm. And uh, he's not central to the film either, but there's it's more of an ensemble piece. This seems like it's been cut away and they've only got one storyline and it's the worst storyline, and so nothing else fits around it because it's, you know, it's kind of standalone subplot. Yeah. Um, if you think about Christopher Walken, you know, he could have had many other sequences where he went and talked to the other buddy you know um the the door number two i'll jump ahead door number two uh cameo was the mum for big big fat greek wedding who's all like uh i was experimental larry geely's mum yeah she's um she's like the second bit of cameo where she only has one scene and then she never comes back she could have had a scene you know with um a couple other characters or something you know more of a subplot she was getting injections for something we don't know what that was about um so walken uh that girl uh, al pacino and then there's the lesbian ex who slits her wrists yeah you know which is really out of character with what we've seen like mood wise sort of there's suddenly this violence that doesn't seem like it fits yes, you know yes there's that and there's the bit where um al pacino just shoots the other guy in the head making everything he did useless you know at the end just negating everything you've been watching so yeah (laughs) these other characters who walk around in one scene could have intertwined more in like a more of an ensemble piece Mm. you know i just feel like this could have been so much more and i guess it needed needed to be rewritten it needed less famous couple do you reckon it hurt their relationship heavily oh probably yeah. yeah i'm sure it created a big backlash i don't know whether or not they'd broken up by 
the time this came out. I think out. they were together Imagine. for a while um, after this. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, no, that that'd be interesting to see how they relate to hear about their relationship and what they talked about when they got nominated for the Razzie and how yeah. bad the reviews came back. <laughs> and I mean. Jersey Girl obviously came out afterwards and was edited down, as we said. Mm. Yeah, but um, I've I've looked for positives in this, right? I've had a bit of a look online, and uh, one of the things that people seem to love about this film is J Lo stretching around doing yoga while Affleck tries to hit on it. <laughs> Remember that scene? Yes, I do. I well, I think. Uh, I guess the only positives I can think of this film, it's a really good showcase for a very good-looking couple. Like, they both look very handsome and beautiful, and I think Jennifer Lopez looks at her best in this film, more so than any others that I can think of. But that's not a good justification to watch it. (laughs) No, it isn't. It's hard to recommend Uh, it. It's so hard. I can't, because I couldn't even recommend it to fans of Jennifer Lopez because, you know, they're into that sort of made in Manhattan sort of thing because it's too crude even for them and I couldn't recommend it to Ben Affleck fans as well because Ben Affleck's gone on to be a great great director um, and a very solid actor you know and you know this is like his Daredevil days you know the really bad run of movies <laughs> mm. you know I think Daredevil has more redeeming qualities yes, though than absolutely. this I mean it's it's got more action than yeah, this, but it's certainly. funny. Thought, um, in on Reddit, people reference like um, they always bring up Daredevil as their major card, like more so than any of his other films, like Pearl Harbor and everything. Daredevil's the one that they dislike the most, and I think because it's the worst, one of the worst ones out of the superhero genre. Um, because yeah, mm. like the superhero movies are so good now. Well, a lot of them are. Like the bad ones are really that bad, like X Men Three and and so forth. I guess because they hold much more of a, a nostalgia with fans than than something like Jiggly, which is just based off a really crappy script. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the Marvel film that I think was maybe the worst I'd seen was uh, Punisher with Thomas Jane. I heard it was terrible. Marvel- I've never seen it. Uh, John Travolta's the villain and um, yeah I just don't feel like that worked but maybe they'll redo it or bring him back somehow sure yeah um, there's a few more things in this film I just want to touch yeah. on before we get done um, remember that sequence where they're like uh, Lewis I've just looked up his name Lewis calls and he's like cut off his thumb oh yeah you know and then the, she says I say we don't do it you know she's there she's supposed to be great at her job she's there to make sure he does his job and they you know (laughs) work together on this and then they both they're both terrible at this gangster stuff you know i don't maybe Um, kidnapping isn't normally what they do i don't know like they're just uncomfortable with from the get-go like i think he does say something about oh i don't babysit or something like that hmm no, but at the beginning, he, <laughs> maybe at the beginning though, he's putting a guy in like a washing machine, <laughs> yeah. and and that's not really anything either, yeah. is it? I mean, he's collecting some money from that guy. 
you know, if they so just stupid. sent Jennifer Lopez's character Ricky from the get go, there's a feeling like she could have done this standing on her head. Like she would have been more caring, more like more of an illusion would have been created, and he would have been in a better environment rather than the aggressive Ben Affleck who made it. You know, really, it's his aggression from the get go that creates all the bad situations where this all goes wrong. Like I don't know. Yeah. It just feels like if if it was Ricky in there and she was just being more motherly, um, I don't know. It just would have gone a lot smoother the whole operation. But she barely does anything. Yeah. She just sits around reading. Like neither of them do anything. Mm. They're just always just sitting around waiting for somebody to knock on the door and walk in and say a bunch of stuff. You know. Uh, also, there was an awesome line I wrote down. Larry Geely says. Not only is she a major babe, I like this girl a lot. <laughs> you know? I was like, what? What is that? That is Shakespeare, son. <laughs> yeah. Lines like that. This was... I mean, I don't know why anybody agreed to do oh, this. I, I have I'm no idea. Like, we, did you see it knowing it was knowing it was voted so badly? Like, people were just going on about it? Or did you just catch it blindly? No. I mean, I, I wanted to do something for awards season on Pod Me sure. If You Can. So I was sort of thinking. Oh, um, but back in the day when you saw it, did you see it back in two thousand three or whatever? Yeah, yeah, and I I couldn't really recall. Like, well, I, I remember, I remember hiring of... it, but everyone telling me, "Dude, this is voted the worst film of the year." Like, we're talking Battlefield Earth bad, and I went and saw it. And I went, "Oh, this is terrible." <laughs> the other thing I'll just say about the uh, the thumb is that he cuts, or they go to cut off the thumb off. Uh, they go to the hospital right mm. remember that yep. and they go to cut off somebody else's thumb and uh, they wind up using a plastic fork <laughs> do you remember that I don't know oh, they're just holding a pla- uh, the Justin Bartha and Ben Affleck's characters are sort of standing over this kind of corpse or whatever and they are holding a plastic fork like plastic is going to cut through bone as yeah. well as skin it's ridiculous yeah, it's, it's so stupid I, 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 as well Ben Affleck's character, he's all like, my life sucks, right? And in the next shot, they cut to him, cut back to him in his massive home with a pool. You yep. know? It's so difficult to like Ben Affleck's character. I think that is one of the major problems of this film. Yes. It really is. Yes. And uh, Al Pacino, door number four. Um, so what we have Christopher Walken, we have the mum from... Um, what do you call it? Big fat Greek wedding. We have the ex-girlfriend lesbian, and people just keep rocking up to their house. Like it's not safe, not a safe place to hide out. Obviously, yeah. Al Pacino, who shoots Louis or Lewis an hour and a half into the film, he says, "I didn't need your help. I could have beaten these charges." Which it just makes it all the whole plot pointless, doesn't it? Yes. You know? Absolutely. Kidnap, <laughs> kidnap the little brother, drop all the charges. Al Pacino is explaining the shoddy writing, like fixing the holes in the screenplay. Mm. Yeah. Doesn't that make no sense? Like, no sense. It's just it like he like- gave the script to Al and goes, Al, could you please help me out here? <laughs> well, they were just like, if Al Pacino says all of these things then it'll make more sense. Maybe it's, they had an even worse it's first It's so time. tough. It must have been so tough on Jennifer Lopez because this was her facing off against one of the greatest actors ever to 
ever be on in front of the camera and she has a whole monologue where where she's supposed to I guess silence um Al Pacino and I just remember the camera dollying in and Al Pacino reacting like you know listening to everything that she's been saying and it's just like man that must be so bad you 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 know she's not a great actress at all by all means up against one of the greatest um with one of the worst scripts ever written you know it's just such a terrible situation for her all right here's two ways that they could have made this film better all right al pacino (laughs) after her speech where she's like that was a terrible call blah 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 blah," with a terrible writing al pacino shoots her in the head (laughs) okay then affleck gets let go he's out of there um and he we find out oh the whole film the second thing during the whole film christopher walken is tailing them right because they're not in a very uh secretive car either it's got the top down you can see the guys in there with them so if christopher walken tails them there could have been a bunch of funny scenes where christopher walken peers from behind something and he's all like why would you lie to me larry or whatever you know (laughs) kind of thing um and then at the end christopher walken has an exchange with affleck about something you know they I, i feel like they shouldn't get away with it because it's like saying yeah crime pays and if you run into trouble you can talk your way out of it you can go drop the guy off at the Baywatch set which is so stupid as well and he's he gets to be in the the film or whatever they're making even though he's dressed like an idiot in Ben Affleck's clothes mm. C- couldn't Ben Affleck have gotten those clothes back as well yeah you know, like they were saying goodbye. Was in, wasn't he thinking, oh, he's wearing all my jacket and whatever. <laughs> I'll come around later and pick it up. Hey. <laughs> and then uh, Affleck gives his car to J-Lo after knowing her for like three days. Mm. You know, it, is this the point of the film where we find out that Ben Affleck has brain damage as well? <laughs> <laughs> or the point where he just gave up? <laughs> we were just talking about something too. Um martin breast oh yeah like uh it's such a shame this movie was so bad because as you said this he'll probably never work in hollywood again um this guy brought us beverly hills cop um came out in 1984 and he also brought midnight run which was starring uh robert de niro and they're both i i argue they're both of the greatest buddy films of all time and both two of the greatest action films of all time and it's so disappointing um to like know that he also not only directed this but wrote this i'm looking at his wikipedia now and it said after a protracted battle between studio and director a radically revised and reshot version of the original film was released so there was obviously some conflict huge conflict between the studio and himself i'm shocked that ben affleck or jennifer lopez didn't fight for um you know, I'm just thinking of Entourage and the scene where they try to re-edit uh, Queen's Boulevard into a <laughs> yeah. coloured version and yeah. the actor stood by the director. I don't know. I'd just probably like to see more of that, but it must have been a very ugly scenario. Well, I'll just read you something I've found now on imdb.com trivia yep. for uh, Geely. This all ties to the rumour that Martin Brest had an original, much more dark and violent 160-minute version of the film. It has been claimed that this cut had Larry Geely being killed at the end by Christopher Walken's character. 
However, with the tabloid craze of Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, the studio forced Brest into deleting almost 40 minutes of footage and rewriting, reshooting many sequences to make it into a romantic comedy. Unfortunately, there is no news if this original cut will ever be released to DVD. Oh, man. They, you know what? They might as well re-release it. I don't know. Maybe there's a strict contract thing by Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck. They might as well. Like, get some redeeming qualities on that and then blame it on the studios. That's what I I could see a, di- <laughs> a director's cut. Yeah, it's been 10 years. Maybe this is the time. Yeah, because if, this is like not one working. of the worst films of all time. Like, when people talk about worst films of all time, they go Battlefield Earth, Jiggly, or Gigli, um, and of course, you know, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Like, that's how bad this film is considered. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. This well, this this version, this incarnation of this film is terrible. Yeah, and uh, you agree, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. This, this was terrible. To be honest, I only watched this movie because of Jennifer Lopez <laughs> and uh, all of her yoga stretching scenes. Which, oh yeah, as I absolutely. Said, I I think this is one of her best looking movies. Like when uh, when people always ask, oh, what what do you reckon the best movie Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt was ever in? I always say Heartbreakers. This is Heartbreakers for Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> Both uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Jennifer Lopez. Uh, uh, <laughs> how shall I put this, Lloyd? You, you appreciate their bodies of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've got all their DVDs on Blu-ray <laughs> and Blu-ray as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, this brings us to the end of uh, this episode on Geely. But uh, now that we're in our second year, we're doing a regular segment, which we have some opening music for. watch dave and as you can tell by the opening music uh today i will be doing a recommendation now lloyd uh this one's a bit controversial but i've been watching dexter the tv show um tv series from showtime i tried to get into that show um everyone said yeah you'd love it it's a serial killer about a serial killer yeah it is, yeah. He's a forensics uh, blood splatter expert. Yep. Working for uh, Miami Police Department. Yep. And so he has this, what he refers to as a dark passenger. And um, it's basically his need to kill. Wow. So uh, okay. he uh, kills people and um, disposes of them. He goes out on his boat and disposes of them um, like in black garbage bags and cleans up his crime scenes so that they were never there and those people just go missing. Right. But as well, he sees all the mistakes everybody makes through his day job, which is working as a forensics blood splatter expert. Wow, so so he's almost invincible. Well, yeah, there's an episode actually that refers to him as a superhero because he mostly kills people. He lives by a code and he mostly kills people that um, have... Are criminals themselves um often killers and rapists and things things of that nature so he's sort of like a unseen force of goodness which makes wow. him quite likable it's such a cool idea know? i remember trying to watch this i couldn't get past the voiceover yeah well as well as the voiceover there's later on in later seasons and stuff there's um people who have been killed who kind of haunt him a bit he seems to have like it almost as if imaginary friends right. which sort of stand with him or sit in the car with him things like that as he um you know travels around doing stuff but yeah there is a heavy voiceover element that you just have to kind of get over um 
but they're they're wrapping up the show dexter um in america next year this year whenever um the next season should be the last one and how many seasons are uh, we up to well they've had i think season eight is going to be the last one wow that's impressive yeah and i've um just got up to season six so that's where my knowledge of this is up to um there's a few things that happen in the show that are, are not as good as they could be which means like he always seems to run around doing whatever he needs to do to um you know kill somebody or whatever which means he has a long lunch or he stays out for all hours of the night um and he has all this freedom and stuff as it goes that gets more and more difficult for him i won't say why and everything but um it seems like he uh, i don't know the time management of this show is a little bit off and sometimes that bothers me where um like for example he's sitting outside um a storage unit somebody's inside and he wants to go in and see what they've been doing in there but he has to wait two hours right so um when the person comes out he goes oh they were in there for two hours you know his voiceover and stuff and then he goes in and investigates he can pick locks as well i should mention sure um of course he learned that um but he he just has the the time to sort of sit there for two hours and wait you know and that there's a lot of that where really more people should be asking where he's been yeah you know he has he has kind of a government job working at the police depo- uh, department but he still gets away with these ridiculous short working hours and long lunches and stuff so he can go off and do his own agenda you know um and the other thing is he uses the like police computers to do research about people he wants to kill right and that bothers me too because his like internet usage is never questioned (laughs) you know his search history how he's always looking up these you know these people he's going to kill off. I don't know. Uh, Joe Rogan's biggest look- complaint because he talked about that show on the podcast, like how it was his like favorite show. And then after yep. three or four seasons, he just goes, really? They're going to keep going with this? Like how he never gets caught and he just mm. keeps killing people and, you know, and that there's no like sort of end. And then he just sort of gave up after season three or four. Do, okay. do you feel like a, a bit exhausted? Like it's a bit exhausting seven or eight seasons of a guy killing people and never gets caught? <laughs> Uh, well, the the thing is, each season is 12 episodes, so they're not crazy long. Sure. Um, you know, like the HBO type of format. Um, the first season focuses... I'm just going to say a broad thing about them. The first season is uh, focuses on the ice truck killer, who's this um, killer in Miami. Uh, Miami? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, there's a lot of twists and turns, and the first season is very solid. The second season focuses on the Bay Harbor Butcher, which um, is uh, not as good as the first season, basically. Uh, The third season has Jimmy Smiths. You know who that is from Law & Order? Yep, I think so, yep. Yep, he's um, he's like a major cameo kind of um, major appearance sort of new character in uh, the third season. The fourth season's pretty amazing. It's got John Lithgow from um, Third Rock from the Sun. You know him? he's the villain in cliffhanger isn't he yes that's right yeah um and that's an amazing season and it's really interesting uh where they go in that one and then season five has julia styles who's like from the born identity and stuff and um that's it's it gets slowly a bit worse there i don't know it's um 
I'm very interested to see where it goes, and I'm going to try and catch it up so I can see it all end. Yeah, I think Fernando was telling me one of the seasons, the last few episodes are really mind-blowing. Hmm. Um, I don't I know, that, but yeah, he says no. You, you got to watch it, build up to that movie because it's amazing. I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, they they do end the seasons very well. The last episode is often really good. Um, yeah, but I've been pretty impressed with it. I've been catching up. Everyone's been telling me to to check out Dexter. So yeah, um, I can safely with recommend TV it. shows. They got such an advantage over movies, like particularly with The Wire, which is probably the last TV show I sat all through. I'm actually watching Game of Thrones as well. Um, but that's not finished, obviously. Um, and it was just... You can go in depth in so many areas compared to a movie. The thing I love about movies is two hours, maybe three, it's over. Um, and, and you know, it, you leave a lot with you and so forth. But with TV shows, it's a lot of time to commit to it. Um, that's yeah. the only downside. I think the best way to watch those TV shows is getting them on dvd or blu-ray and just watching it all at once like as much as possible because you really soak yourself in that world but again it's just finding time to watch it yeah well the um the thing about dexter is there's heaps of seasons available and if you've never seen it it's a really good way to watch it like you said because um i can't imagine waiting week to week on some of these episodes i I know people Um, who don't watch movies much anymore because tv shows nowadays are so good like post sopranos tv shows like with hbo and showtime and so forth have gotten so much better than they ever were like people talk about the golden age of television really you can't compare it to nowadays like uh, there's a great documentary on it like it it starts off with the ending of friends and how that was one of the most watched tv events ever and it's sort i don't think it's been broken since but the the most watched tv episode ever was the ending of mash that broke yep. like everything i don't think anything will touch it again but it, it talked about the rise of sopranos and cable television how they don't have to adhere to advertisement really um people pay a subscription and they they get to watch hbo and so forth so they're not bound by any advertisement they can have whatever they want and they gave these writers complete freedom and you know they're locked in season after season after season making these shows and they've just become this well-oiled machine and they're getting so good now. I think the culmination is um, Game of Thrones. Like, it's just so amazing. You know, I'm yet to see any Game of Thrones, Lloyd. <laughs> Maybe but we've got to turn Pod Me If You Can into more of a TV show based. <laughs> but I just don't well, have yeah. time to watch them. <laughs> On, um, I mean, I think it's the recommendation segment is whatever we're watching. Yeah, sure. You know, at the time and we sort of are into and wondering if other people are into it too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, you say uh, the good thing about movies is after two hours they're over and yep. you can digest them. Absolutely, Geely, this, which is what I love. Geely was two hours, and boy, was I glad <laughs> when it was over. Two hours of hell. <laughs> oh, horrendous! All right, well that's it for Pod Me if you can this week. Um, you can find links to uh, all of what we've got going on at www.podmeifyoucan.com. And uh, Lloyd, what is your Twitter? Oh, yep, mine is Haley at Haleyus Tales. And I am at Dave Farrell one and you can find the links there from the, the website as well. Next week, we will be discussing Total Recall, the Colin Farrell remake, which uh, should prove interesting because um, I'm just going to say one thing now. I don't think anybody was asking for this remake, <laughs> but, but it happened anyway. No, no, they weren't. <laughs> anyway, so uh, until next time. Thanks, um, guys. Yeah. All the best. All the best.